Hi, everybody, and welcome back to The Truth About Emotions. My name is Deborah McPhillamy, and today I want to talk about having a good relationship with your body and how to actually do that. How do you have a relationship with your body? How do you listen to your body? Um, what are the signs? How do you get over not loving your body? Um, and, you know, it was so interesting because last month in selfie school, we were dealing with sexuality and how we lose connection with our body in a way if we've been molested or abused. Um, you know, we don't feel sexually comfortable. We're not able to express ourselves sexually. We can't have a good sexual relationship. If people have said things to you or done things to you, which you have not agreed to do or consented to do. And so often, you know, we, we struggle to have a good sex life if something has happened to us as children or as young people and we've never had the chance to heal from it because often we actually suppress all of that. Now, I was molested at the age of three and it was something that only came out in later life. You know, I knew that there was something had happened, but my mind had buried it so deep it wasn't ready to deal with it. And then one day... I remembered everything and it hit me like a ton of bricks and I had to overcome it and heal from it. And then also over the years, you know, I experienced a lot of bullying and domestic violence and abuse. But what I find interesting in, um, you know, working with the members of Selfie School and, and, and helping them to overcome the sexual issues, as we're moving into the next month, we're talking about your creative self. And, you know, sexuality and creativity to me go very much hand in hand, because if you think about it, the part of your body and even there where your, your chakras are, you know, that, have got, that has got to do with your creativity and sex, all in the same parts of your body. And if you think about creativity itself, you know, when we create life, that comes from your sexual organs. And so connecting the dots where you feel uncomfortable with your own creativity or with products that you've created this ties in a lot with your sexual self because it's about self-expression in terms of creativity now let me explain a little bit more because I know right now it doesn't sound like I'm making a lot of sense now, I'm an author myself, as you know, and I've um, written quite a few books. I've written two adult books, um, well, two books for adults. I've written seven children's books. I've created a brand uh, for children to help them. But I'm going to be honest with you that as much as I absolutely love the books, I love writing them, love creating the characters, I've always felt it hard to put it out there. And, you know, people would say to me, why are you holding back? You've created the most incredible characters. The stories are fantastic. Children love it. Why aren't you promoting it? What is holding you back? And I've never been able to answer that question. And it's bugged me because every time I would look at them, I would feel a sense of sadness. I would feel a sense of loss. And I'd go, oh, my gosh, I've taken years to create them, spent an absolute ton. I've trademarked them. But yet I'm not talking about it. I'm not selling it. I'm not putting it out there and saying, here we go. Well, these, there's these incredible stories. There's in, these incredible 
um, characters that can help children to develop their emotional intelligence and be comfortable in their own skin. So it's something that's really um, bugged me, but I just couldn't find the answer. And then I thought about it, you know, my daughter is an artist and she's an incredibly talented artist. Honestly, her work is just magnificent. And I've said to her often, why don't you sell it? Why are you holding it back for yourself? And it made me realize that when we create something, when we've created it with our own hands or the pictures or the images or the ideas or the thoughts that come out of our own minds, it makes us feel incredibly vulnerable because it's like, you know how we become protective of our own children and we don't like people to um, criticize them or say anything bad about them. It's the same sort of thing, right? Because it's vulnerable. It's the same as with artists or, or should I say musicians, they write a song. It takes them a long time to get it out there. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people, if you see a lot of stories of musicians and artists, they, they troubled because they feel vulnerable. They're like, oh my gosh, how do, how do I do this without feeling that I might be rejected or criticized? So it's a very vulnerable place to be. So now coming back to sexuality, if you think about sexuality or about sex in general and having a really, really good sexual relationship, often we have trouble with it because we feel vulnerable. If you think about orgasm, it's a very vulnerable thing to let your guard down and allow your body to just really enjoy itself and let all that energy be, re be released to have an orgasm. That's what's so interesting when it's the sacral chakra is in that exact area um, of where, you know, we feel sexual pleasure and it's in the area of where we create. So whether we're creating a child, another life and how that affects our creativity in general, because that chakra is right at the bottom of the base, you know, the base of your spine or, you know, close to where your coccyx, if you've got a coccyx, I don't have one, <laughs> if you have a coccyx, that's where it sits. So you can see now why it's so interlinked. And if that chakra is not balanced or if that chakra is blocked, not only does it affect your sexual self and your sexual expression, but it also affects your uh, or should I say it also then blocks your creative self. Now, taking it a little bit further, if you don't trust your body, you find that your creativity is stifled even more because you have to be put in that position again of being vulnerable. It's about trusting that your body, that you, yourself, your fingers, your mind, your eyes, your whatever you're using to create this, you can trust. So if you have ever felt betrayed by your body or your body has betrayed you and you don't have a good relationship with your body, then it makes sense that you're not going to trust that what you have created is good enough. I hope I'm making sense here. So I'm going to give you a little bit of my own scenario just to explain it a bit further. And this is quite a tough thing to actually say out loud. And I know that 
um, I've listened to other stories of survivors of abuse and how they have felt betrayed by their bodies. And I remember, I remember reading Alison's story. Now I can't remember what Alison's um, surname is, but look it up. Alison was a woman in, or is a woman in South Africa who was violently raped. It's, oh, it's, it's the most horrific story. It really is. Um, but before she was raped, um, one of her perpetrators went down on her and her body released moisture. And I remember reading her story and she said she felt like her body betrayed her because she was, she didn't consent to what was going on. She was in a state of fear and then she went through a lot of counseling and the counselor said to her, but don't see that as you didn't do anything wrong. Your body didn't betray you. That was just your body's reaction. That's what happens, right? Because your body just responds to the stimuli that's going on. And I always remembered that story because I read it years ago. And then when I discovered or remembered my own molestation, for years, my body had felt like it was betraying me because I would have certain thoughts or I would see certain images and my body would react in a certain way. And then I would feel disgusted by myself. I would go, I don't understand why is that? That feels so wrong. That doesn't seem right. Why is my body responding that way? And so when all the images and when I went through the, the healing process of you know, the molestation and I'd been um, exposed to porn at a very young age and stuff like that. It made me realize that, you know, I was, I was struggling with the same sense of betrayal. I was struggling with the same sense of disgust, shame, that um, even though it was not something I wanted, it's not something I attracted, it's not something I invited, it's not something I consented to, my body had had this reaction. So it took a lot of work and healing, uh, you know, to, to get rid of this and to make sense of this, because in my mind, I kept thinking there's something wrong with me. And then I started reading other people's stories of survival and realized that it, it wasn't just me. And I also started working with some clients who um, confessed their thoughts um, and their feelings, and they couldn't understand what was going on, and I could relate to it, obviously, because of my own. So then coming back to dealing with betrayal of your body and creativity is that you first got to obviously make sense of it, understanding why your body reacted that way, and knowing that it's just a chemical response in your body. It's got nothing to do with consent. Um, so it's accepting that. And then it's starting to look at your body in a different way. So, you know, um, how it all came to a head for me was that I've had so many health issues. I cannot tell you how many health issues I've had over the years. And I've been healing them one at a time. And then lo and behold, I'll be feeling really good about myself, feeling really healthy, feeling fantastic. And then the next thing will come. And then I'll be feeling great again. And then the next thing will come. So, you know, it's like these waves of, okay, I've got to heal this. I've got to deal with this. 
moving forward, then feeling great. Then it always felt like moving two steps forward, 10 steps back. And I've been struggling with since COVID with having imbalance issues. Now, this actually started quite a few years ago, about 10 years ago, I started dealing with um, in my brain, having feeling really imbalanced, dealing with vertigo, all sorts of weird things. And then I got through it. And then it started again when I got just before I got COVID, actually, I started um, the minute I was feeling really good and I was putting myself out there and business was going really well, bam, I get hit with intense vertigo again to the point where I cannot even stand up. I've got to be in bed trying to rebalance it. Um, then it came right. Then a year later, again, I'm like, right, I feel great. I'm going to live my life now in a way that suits me. And, you know, I'm happy with life. Bam, it starts again. And then, of course, I got COVID in November 2020, I think it was. And after COVID, um, all the imbalance issues came up again, really dizzy, very, um, you know, wobbly, feel like I'm walking around on a boat all day long, very dizzy, can't understand what's going on. I start having anaphylactic shock, um, end up in A&E how many times? And I'm like, what on earth is going on? And so I've been through this process of once again healing my body and then having an absolute wake up. And I kept saying to myself, wait, but if I'm unbalanced, where is the imbalance in my life? And I realized that I had so much stress in my life. I was just doing too much, not eating properly, consistently, not eating enough, not practicing consistent good self-care. So I started doing that. Then okay, am I lacking in my spiritual self? Am I taking care of myself emotionally? Am I walking? Am I getting out in sunshine? Am I spending too much time in front of my laptop? So putting all of those in place and then every time feeling a little bit better. And so it was one step forward all the time, just moving forward, moving forward. And then I got to a stage and I was like, where on earth am I still unbalanced? Why am I not overcoming this dizziness, lightheadedness, walking on a boat, sensation and it just hit me the one day I said God please show me what this is you know I intend to heal this I'm done with this and I was talking to myself talking to God talking to the universe talking to my body and going this needs to be sorted out within four days I've had enough now and bam I got the answer and the answer was but you hate your body you don't love your body You've always felt betrayed by your body. So how do you expect your body to be good to it when you don't have a good relationship with it? When you feel you're walking around with a sense of betrayal, this love-hate relationship that you have with your body, how on earth? And it was, honestly, it was such an epiphany. And I went to bed that night and I said to God, okay, but how do I form a good relationship with something, my body, my vehicle? If I've never had a good relationship with it, how do I do that? I don't know how to do that. And I had quite a troubled night's sleep and trying to figure this out, feeling quite overwhelmed with this whole thing. And the next morning, I got up and I was lying in the bath and just meditating and thinking about it. And something said to me, just decide, just decide you're going to trust your body. What else have you got to lose? You know, you haven't trusted your body for 50, how many years of your life? 
your body has given you so many signs, so many symptoms that you're not loving it, that you're treating it badly, that you've got this, these beliefs and things going on. So just make a decision, decide that you're going to trust it and then talk to it. And it reminded me of, um, there's a guy called David Patient. I think I mentioned this on my podcast before, years ago, when the first time I was, not the first time, the second time I was healing my body, when I was healing my body of fibromyalgia, I'd read an article by this guy, David Patient, and he was one of the first people, not one of the first people, he was one of the first people that was living with HIV and it hadn't turned into AIDS and he was living really well. And what had happened was, um, it was a really interesting story. He's from South Africa, but he was living in America and he was diagnosed with HIV. And there was no good prognosis at that stage. It was in the 80s. And, you know, the doctors had said to him, you know, go home, get your affairs in order because people die from this. You know, you've just got to accept that there's no cure for it. So what he did was he decided, stuff it. If I've got... Um, if my time is limited on earth, I am just going to go and live my days out and just have fun and do whatever I want to. And he maxed out his credit cards and um, he, <laughs> he just lived at large or, you know, just how do they say? Well, anyway, he just went on a whole blowout and did whatever he did. And for some reason, the virus didn't progress. He actually started feeling better. He started living well. And he came to the conclusion the one day that because he wasn't focusing on this virus, he wasn't paying attention to it. And he was going, almost being indifferent about it, that the virus kind of stopped living. Because you know how they talk about, they say where your attention goes energy flows or something like that and what you resist persists so it was kind of that sort of thing anyway he then decided one day he said to his body he said right well clearly you are in remission you, it, you know it wasn't progressing further he then said to his body let's make a pact I will accept you living in my body but just understand this he said I can kill you just like you can kill me. I can decide today to end my life and you will be dead and you can kill me and I will be dead. He said, so why not us just cohabitate? And so he carried on living. He's still alive. He's still, you know, I don't know if HIV has ever gone away. I haven't actually looked it up, but he then taught everybody else how to do the same. And so he's dedicated his life to teaching people but also then discovered all the shadow work and, you know, the forgiveness and the beliefs and the attitudes. Anyway, so at the time, I wanted to heal my body from fibromyalgia and I didn't know how to do it. Read this article about David Patient and he sent me his manuscript and I followed his protocol and I healed my body. But coming back to me, not you know struggling with this imbalance issue having this realization that even though I'd healed my body of so many things I'd never really learned how to love it properly to overcome the betrayal of what happened to me as a little girl you know being molested by somebody um, 
that I knew and then having lots of other experiences as, as well as I said being exposed to porn and there was just a whole lot of things I never felt that I could trust my body so like David Patient spoke to his body I said to my body that's it okay we are going to form a new relationship I am deciding I'm choosing to love you to trust you and we are going to have to come up with a new way of um, because of communicating with each other because I realized that I'd become so fearful of food such a bad relationship with food because this is what was so uncanny right when I ate bad food um, too many takeaways junk food rubbish like that my body would react whenever I went on a detox and started eating well and eating good food my body would react no matter what Whereas in the beginning, if I ate really good food, you know, I felt really good. But in the last couple of years, every time I try to treat myself well, I try to be good to myself, I try to be healthy, it's almost like my body would go, no, screw you. I don't care what you eat. This isn't good for me. I don't want it. And so I formed this terrible relationship with food. I got to the point I didn't know what to eat anymore. And the more this happened, the more I hated my body, the more I felt betrayed, the more I was, I just couldn't deal with it. And I kept saying, but I'm treating you well. I'm giving you everything that is good, organic, healthy. Why are you still giving me this kind of response or, or bringing up these symptoms? Until I had this epiphany where because I didn't trust it, how on earth could my body digest what I was giving it? Because I still hadn't digested everything my body went through. What happened to me? Um, the betrayal. So, you know, here's the thing. Our mind is so strong and especially the unconscious mind. And if we've got these beliefs, this unhealed trauma, the stuff still lurking about in your unconscious mind, if you haven't brought it to the fore or healed from it or moved forward or got rid of it cleansed the mind as such your body is still going to give you all these symptoms you know your it, it's just going to do it it can't help but do it because it, it's like your mind is the master and your body is the slave and so now connecting the dots as you can see if you don't trust your body how can you trust that which your body has created how can you have a good relationship with things that you've created that's come out of those parts of your body when you don't love it so and it's so interesting because as I had this epiphany I was able to cleanse all of that use all the tools that I've learned over the years from various teachers and um you know, out there and, and the tools that we use in selfie school. So I was able to purge all of that. And, you know, within three days, my balance issues were gone. They were gone. I didn't have that lightheadedness anymore. Um, by the fourth day, I was feeling back to my old self. And you know what else happened? I suddenly felt so good about my books. I felt so good about the books I've written, my characters, 
all my ideas that I've come up with for the first time, I feel this incredible sense of peace and love. Instead of feeling desperate, sad, anxious about it, I now feel good about it. And now I can move forward in my creativity, knowing that what I created was good, that it was inspired by the source, source of love, God, the universe, whatever you want to call it. You know, the other realization I had when I had this epiphany and when I was talking to myself about how do I, how do I trust my body? How do I trust myself? I remembered another incident um, years ago. I was standing in my friend's kitchen in Cape Town and I was washing the dishes and I was looking at the window and I looked out at the mountains and I had this intense emotional reaction and I went, wow, you know, the same source that created me created that mountain and I've always been in awe of mountains and trees mountains trees water is just my thing I love being close to mountains trees and water and it's been so hard for me not being close to a mountain living in the UK but coming back to that you know I realized and I said wow you created that mountain that I'm so in awe of and you created me and it made me feel so humble and yet so good about myself at that time but you know then obviously having to deal with all this trauma that I have over the years I lost that thought and it was a part of me that I forgot about so when I was lying in the bath and thinking and having this epiphany I was reminded of that and I was like wow you know deciding to trust my body is also learning to decide to trust the creator the source that created me because how can your body be anything bad if you come from the source that's pure and utter love pure love and therefore trusting that my creations are pure come from pure love you know all the ideas I've been given and so so putting that all into perspective, just cemented it down because it was only three or four years ago that I created a new relationship with God. I had to get rid of all the feelings of, you know, I had to deprogram my mind of how I'd been taught about this religious, horrible God that punishes us, that is just treats us awfully and stuff. And, you know, so I've got this incredible, wonderful friendship now with God and so it's just amazing how you know when you decide to do something or when you really intent and have this desire to change something in your life is not working how the answers just come to you you've, you've just got to ask you've just got to persevere you've just got to carry on because sometimes it's in those very very dark moments where we so fed up and we go that's it I've had enough you know that is often the time where we actually surrender and we hand it over and go I can't do this I don't know how to do this please will you help me God please universe whatever you know you call the source of love where you're surrendering it and go show me send it to me give me the answers you know that's when we when we often get all these epiphanies but it's actually in that act of surrender and trust and faith 
that the answers will turn up. And I never, ever expected in a million years to realize that all the health issues I've had since I was a kid, since the age of two, when my lung collapsed, <laughs> when my tonsils were removed, you know, all the, the health issues all came down to this thing, this one thing about feeling betrayed because of, first of all, not understanding how my body works and because of creating this dark belief, these memories that were lurking in my unconscious mind and now realizing that I can just decide to trust my body because I've learned to trust the source of who created me and that that wonderful source is the same source that creates the flowers, the trees, the mountain. And, you know, we're often so in awe of nature, the animals, our dogs, our children. So adopting that same attitude for yourself and your own body and then saying to yourself and everything I've created, my books, my art, music, whatever, you know, you've been trusted to create that so that you can bring it to the world because it's part of your purpose. And whether it is for your own joy or for you to share with the world, it doesn't matter. But you wouldn't be trusted with that gift and that talent if you weren't meant to have it in the first place. And then trusting that source will help you to put it out there and market it and bring it to a across other people's paths who need to read it or see it or listen to it or enjoy it. So I do hope that this podcast has made at least one of you think about if you've struggled to trust your body and if you've had a bad relationship with food or if you've never felt um, sexually attractive or you've never wanted to or felt adverse to having a good intimate sexual relationship you know, and, and how this, I hope it's helped you to put some of the puzzle pieces together. And if you're really struggling, check out Selfie School. You know, we have all these epiphanies happening in Selfie School. Um, as a group of women, we are a community who's got each other's backs. We trust each other. We help each other. We support each other. So do check that out, selfieschool.me, and come and join and get that help so that you can have a better life, a better rela relationship with yourself, your body, your business, with life in general. Um, you don't need to do it alone. There's absolutely no need for you to do it alone. You know, asking for help and getting somebody else to guide you and to hold your hand, there's no shame in that. And nobody gets judged in selfie school. Nobody gets criticized. We all just there to help each other to have better relationships and to have the lives that we so long for. So thank you for tuning in, and um, I will catch you next time. Until then, take care, practice good self-care, and start loving yourself, because you are an amazing, fantastic, incredible creation of that source of love that we all connected to. Until next time, goodbye for now.